Hello and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club, uh, Game of the Year 2022. Now, I know you're probably sick of hearing from us. So, so many podcasts this year that you've gotten to sink your teeth into. But we fi- we figured we could we could throw one more in there for the for the real ones. Yeah, truly a truly a banner year for Cartridge Cinema Club this year. I believe we re- released two episodes. Yeah, <laughs> and think. you know they, they were they were both bangers, so they let's not good. sell ourselves short. Um, you know we've been we've been busy. I've you know I have a music career now, and you have a career being the shadow producer of my music career. <laughs> yeah, but, listen, we have a lot to to keep up with. Mark yeah. Mark has a, a blossoming career as a hyper pop artist. Uh, I have uh, various health problems. We're busy. <laughs> Yeah, you know? shit, shit's going on. You, you, you're lucky you got to hear us more. But yeah. We could have not like put that. any out at all. You all have to understand that this podcast has basically been grandfathered into me and Mark's lives. If we were, <laughs> if we were like independently now making the decision to, to about whether or not to start creating Cartridge Cinema Club, we would not. But since oh, no, we've no already, chance. The beast has been let out of the cage already. We can't do anything to put it back. And so uh, the podcast will continue to shamble on like a like a decaying corpse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we started this podcast like, like four years and six pronouns ago. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> <laughs> so fucking true, homie. Yeah. yeah, but we had very different uh, life priorities, one might say, uh, when yeah. we started this podcast. But but the great thing about having a podcast is that you have an excuse to get on a microphone and talk about whatever stupid nerd bullshit you want to talk about for as long as you want. And we will continue to take advantage of that fact for as long as possible. So here we are doing another Game of the Year podcast. Mark, do you want to talk about a FromSoft game? You, you know, I, I do. And I'm so glad you asked because <laughs> it was a big year for From Software, um, And I think it's time that we talk about the, <laughs> the action RPG open world game uh, developed by From Software that everyone is thinking about in 2022. That's right. Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. <laughs> Tell me more about Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. So, Please, as if I haven't heard you talk about Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice 300,000 times. Please continue. That's funny, because like, when Sekiro came out in for the Onion, in an uninitiated, that game came out in 2019, and I was doing a bit. Um, <laughs> the year it came out, I... I was talking about it so much that I was just like every other day I would message multiple friends and be like, Hey guys, have you heard about this new game from, from software called Sekiro colon shadows die twice. It's pretty good. Cause, Cause I was obsessed at the time and Sekiro. Yeah. Again, for the uninitiated, it is almost universally considered the most, like the most strict and unforgiving and like difficult combat wise game that an already that a studio already known for those things has ever put out um i remember when that game came out in 2019 there there are sections of that game there are bosses in that game that took me quite literally days of play like like full like four hour sessions with with no forward progress uh and yeah i feel like that game really um (laughs) 
generated more uh, FromSoft game easy mode discourse online than any of their other titles ever have. <laughs> it was <laughs> yes, no, a hundred percent. And that's the interesting thing is, and and this, I'm by no means the first person to point this out, but d- d- games like Dark Souls One and certainly like Elden Ring, they have easy modes. They're not by any means like the traditional like difficulty slider that you would get in a in a in a normal game but <laughs> like <laughs> in in dark souls you can go to any bonfire and you can sacrifice a humanity which is a kind of rare resource but at any given time you probably will have 10 of them you get them from beating bosses you can sacrifice a humanity and then get double the healing flasks so that means anytime for the rest of the game you rest at that bonfire you have double the healing which functionally makes the game twice as easy you can do that, like, and you can double that as well. About halfway through the game, you get the ability to double that again. So you're you have you got twenty fucking healing flasks in Dark Souls One. Um, there that that's not a thing, and there's there's nothing like that in Sekiro. In Sekiro, you get you get one sword called the Kusabi Maru, and uh, if you're not good with that one weapon, fuck you. <laughs> Uh, go, go go play something else. It's you can go play some new Pokemon Snap dipshit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Go 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 play some Kid Tendo games. Yeah. No, but like it's you know it's it's one of those things where yes the game is brutally hard and and um and and strict, uh, but it's it's that way like because the other games aren't like that. The other games have tons of flexibility in terms of your play style, despite what like idiots online will say. There's tons of like easy builds to get through Dark Souls, like whether you're casting uh, sorceries or you're doing fireballs and stuff. There's ways to make that game easy. Um, the other games also have like uh, grinding and experience yeah. points, right? And Sekiro, to my understanding, does not have any of that shit. It doesn't. Sekiro, Sekiro like, is the game that everyone says they're afraid Dark Souls is. D- d- that's that's exactly that's exactly fucking right. Oh my god, yeah, because it's like Dark Souls isn't the big like scary like fuck you game that people think it is, but Sekiro <laughs> far very much was that. Uh, um, all kind of all this to say that I can now beat Sekiro in a day and maybe die twice, like. <laughs> over over the course of that you can titularly die twice (laughs) yeah no pun intended i can beat that game while only dying twice which (laughs) i probably died like a thousand times the first playthrough of that game i have just played that i'm one with the fucking game i i i'm the fucking i got the ninjutsu like running through my blood like that it's more than any game that i have ever played it's a game that rewards mastery like it's it's you know i mean it's like a fighting game but like it is like like everyone says it but it fucking is like the ability to like learn is the thing that's tested when you play Sekiro, the ability to follow instructions and once you are following those instructions and once you reach that state of like like equanimity or whatever the big word with the game 
it's just the game is easy. <laughs> you were actually just bad all along. The game was quite simple. <laughs> like, yeah, like I sound like an asshole when I say it like that, but but it's fucking true. Like, I if the if the game is hard, then how come I can beat it without getting hit? Yeah, fu- fuck you, exactly. <laughs> um, do you want to talk a little bit about like? Um, the the sort of uh the the sort of unspoken absence in this conversation which is uh elden ring <laughs> and and yeah to talk a little bit about why you're talking about sekiro right now instead of talking about elden ring yeah so so i mean obviously i played elden ring and like obviously i liked elden ring like let's not i'm not i'm not one of those i'm not i'm not a needless contrarian who says <laughs> that Elden Ring is overrated. Um, I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't quit my job in order to play Elden Ring, but functionally I did quit my job the month that Elden Ring came out and did not look for work for a month because I spent that month playing Elden Ring. Like it's, it was not exactly the same thing, but it, it, uh, it functionally was, um, <laughs> I was like ordering Uber Eats because I like didn't want to get up. And I've, I've, in my entire life, I have never, ever been like that with a video game. Like not even with like when I first played Breath of the Wild. Like I took breaks from that. I've taken breaks from every other FromSoft game. I was playing Elden Ring ten hours a day. This, this was an Elden Ring fugue state that you yeah, had. Yeah, I. It was insane. I've, I've, I've never felt that way before. I, I doubt that a game will make me feel like that again until they do that again. And and that yeah, and I finished it. And you know, a week later, I was thinking about it. I'm like, that was like a strong like seven out of ten. Because. <laughs> <laughs> Because you guys, don't, you guys don't understand. Like you guys who have, <laughs> you, you guys who have who have played Elden Ring, um, but you haven't yet experienced the the um, the carnal joy of of Sekiro of getting good at Sekiro or Bloodborne. You don't fucking get it. Those <laughs> games are better <laughs> because I I just I will always be a shorter focused game is better than a longer game that's that has less focus and therefore you can see the cracks a we're big fans of we're big fans of brevity on this podcast <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah and and like sekiro is by no means like a short game it's got the same like amount of bosses that any dark souls game like quote-unquote should have you got your standard like 16 to 20 big like set piece bosses or whatever and and tons of huge areas. Another the quick thing is like people always say like, oh, they miss like the interconnected world, the intricate world design with shortcuts uh, of Dark Souls. And they wish they would make a Souls game like that again. Sekiro is like right there. Like it has that world. And like like to, to like it's all it's like 70 percent of the way there to being the complexity of a Dark Souls world with a way better combat system. I just you know, I think you should play. If you're the type of person who is willing to to put in the the hours to master a a combat system uh, and and feel the the rewarding sense of like being able to say like I can fuck like 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 the 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 halfway boss the 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 gatekeeping boss of this game Genichiro he's like at the he's like the end of the first third of the game as a boss that's the boss that I spent the most time on in the entire game when I first played it and 
I can literally, because I did it, beat him with my eyes closed now, just listening to the sound cues. Oh, it's badass, man. That, <laughs> I love that's it. How, that's how much fucking better you can get at the game. If that if that's the type of game, and j- judging by our listening base, all of you guys play fucking Melee, and, <laughs> and, you, and you're all spacey mains. So I know that you're like this. I would highly recommend getting... It's usually on sale for like fucking 10 or 15 bucks on PC. Uh, it's a fucking banger, and it is the best from soft game. I'm going to say it. Uh, it's tied with Bloodborne, but right now I'm going to say it's the best because something has to be the best. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Elden Ring's fine. It's good. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, they, they, made, they made Dark Souls, but open world with with varying levels of success and I, and I spent an entire month playing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like if you've never learned an instrument or gotten good at a sport or learned a fighting game or something like that, like you've maybe never had the like fantastic human experience of developing like mechanical mastery over something. Yeah, th- this game sounds like a hard sell to anyone who like ha- doesn't get that. But if you do get it, like mm-hmm. you get it. Those, th- I mean, yeah, those uh, those things are one of the reasons to be alive, in yeah. my opinion. Is hell uh, yeah, developing mechanical mastery because it, you know what it does, man, fills the goddamn time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 have to do things. It turns out because yeah. the alternative, which is not doing things and rotting, um will will make the 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 darkness uh much bigger mm-hmm. and uh the goal is to make the darkness a little smaller so if you can do that with sekiro or with like learning how to play like midwest emo shit on guitar mm-hmm. uh, one of those it's got to be one of the two a few years <laughs> years ago i learned how to play the ukulele and it was one of the greatest decisions i ever made in my entire life Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You you learn one instrument and then suddenly you kinda understand them all. Even yeah. If you don't play the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. Um God. Mark, do you want to talk about Cube? Oh, the 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 the, the, the your favorite video game of the year, Cube. <laughs> Cube. <laughs> I've been waiting all year to talk about Cube. Oh man, fuck. I'm going to talk about Cube a lot, just so you know. Um, cool. Uh you ever, y'all ever heard of a little game called Magic the Gathering? I, um, I have heard of Magic the Gathering. Yeah, so Magic the Gathering is the first uh, collectible, collectible card game ever invented. Games like Yu-Gi-Oh! and the Pokemon trading card game have followed in its footsteps. Magic is the first one of those. Um, I played a lot of Magic in high school. Um, and Magic is fucking dope for a lot of reasons. Um, it is an extremely tightly designed game. It has... 30 years of history so there are just you are you will never have seen every magic card you there's always something new from some set from the 90s that you've never seen before um it's a game that combines the complex strategy of something like chess or a lot of uh you know more open information board games things like that with the like luck mitigation skills of something like poker um i think it's very similar to something like competitive pokemon in that way where it's like it is about weighing risks using the fact that you know that you might not get the thing that you need and deciding how to make decisions from there um and 
my personal, like, one of my favorite things about Magic from, like, an aesthetic standpoint is I think it is one of the... It, it is really amazing how the cards can be vignettes. The, the cards with the combination of the art and the name and what the card does and the flavor text on the card can tell a little story about a character all in this little game piece. And I think that shit fucking whips. Um, Magic is an infinitely customizable game also. It is, you know, a basic system, a basic card game that you can use to bounce off and come up with all kinds of creative ideas about different ways to play Magic using the basic rules of the game. Um, magic also fucking sucks. I fucking hate magic. Magic is bullshit. Um, uh, oh god, it's so fucking true. Every t- every time I've played it in the past like two years, I've been like, for God, for, what? The f- <laughs> this game's why? so cool, and why does it make me so angry? Um, I mean, so so the the, the big kind of first thing why magic sucks is that it's li- it's literally gambling, like. The core product of Magic, the main way to buy Magic cards for most of the game's history is randomized booster packs. They invented the loot box for Magic the Gathering, you know? And at first, it's kind of a cute idea, right? It's like, oh, we're going to have this game. You can buy a little booster. You'll get a few cards. You put them together, play against other people. You'll see cards you've never seen before. It'll be cool. Kind of a fun idea. Not as cool when cards can cost $50. A single card can cost thousands of dollars if you're a fucking moron. Like... The the economics of the game are truly disgusting in every way. Wizards of the Coast, the company that prints the game, doesn't even, like, they cannot even, like, legally acknowledge the existence of the secondary market where most people actually buy the fucking cards. Um... It's a disaster. You you can you can read about people being mad about the monetization of Magic the Gathering for hours and never run out of things to be mad about because it's a fucking shit show. And uh, this issue is compounded when you're a child, right? Um, especially like, okay, where to start here? So Magic obviously has competitive formats with strict rules about these are the cards you're allowed to put in your deck. You can have cards from this set to this set. You can have cards from this year to this year, whatever. Um, and that's how people generally, like most competitive Magic is played in that way. Um, but when you're a kid or you're just like a casual player, um, or if you play a lot of uh, the multiplayer formats and stuff like that, uh, the format you play is cards that you have right? Um, you know, especially when you're in high school, you don't have a fucking credit card so you can go online and buy singles on TCG player and get the specific cards you want for your deck. You're just like getting 20 bucks and going to the local game store and buying some booster packs. And those are the cards you have and you build your shitty decks out of them. Um, and so like when I was in high school playing magic, like the way that we played was like, you had a bunch of just random piles of cards that you put together that you called a deck and you would bring them to school and play against other people's random piles of cards and then like your buddy that has a rich mom would show up one day with a bunch of expensive cards and it's just like well i can't do anything about this and because you're like a dumb kid you don't have the you know like emotional maturity to be able to go to your friends and be like hey guys 
what sort of uh, play environment do we want to encourage here at our Magic the Gathering table? What sort of play patterns are we looking for to experience? Do we want to put together a ban list for our games of random kitchen table constructed? Like, it's just... That doesn't happen because you have 20 minutes in the chemistry lab during lunch when your Magic the Gathering Club meets on Wednesdays and you're going to fucking play your shitty deck against somebody else's shitty deck. And then you're going to get mad because they have a, a rare card that they pulled out of a booster pack that just completely invalidates everything you're trying to do. Um, it's a nightmare. <laughs> It's not a fun way to play a game. To be the, the idea, the idea of like us at ten years old recognizing that this is called kitchen table constructed mode, and it isn't just the only way that there is to play the game. Right. Yeah. The, yeah the, it's like this is how you play it. The because, lead designer like, of, of Magic, uh, uh, Mark Rosewater, who's been on the game for like decades at this point, says that like the most common way for people people to play is literally is what he calls cards I own, and it's just like yeah. Yeah. You know, most people don't even know that competitive formats exist, right? They're just like, yeah, they're playing Magic because it's, it's a classic game that tons of people have played. Yeah, um, Learn, learning that ban lists existed in Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh! as a kid, I was like, that's stupid. Why would we not just <laughs> use whatever cards we have? Right, exactly. <laughs> you, don't, you don't really understand the concept of like, well, how are we going to tune this competitive environment? You're just like, no, I'm trying to not. beat my friend's ass because fuck my friends. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's the same way that we didn't understand why Corneria was not competitive. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, so, uh, so, and so I stopped playing Magic for a really long time, for like a decade. Um, like I stopped playing, I was literally, I was at a midnight pre-release tournament and like halfway through a bracket and I was just like, man, I'm not having fun. <laughs> I don't like this game. Um, and I just stopped playing. I didn't play in, in college at all. Um, and, um, I, I came back to magic this year through the magic of cube. Let's talk about cube. I love Cube so much. As I have said, Magic has a million different ways to play it, and Cube is the best one. I'm correct Cube, about this. Cube is the best one. Cube I've, is I've, the best. I've also played the, the I've also played Constructed and also Cube, and the idea of ever like constructing a deck again for use in competitive sounds like awful to me. Yeah. So to be clear, when when we talk about Constructed in a in a card game, Constructed means here's the pool of cards buy whatever cards you need, put a deck together, take it to the tournament. And most of the time, you know, in a constructed uh, format, there will be certain decks that emerge as the dominant decks. So you're, there, there are archetypes that you will see over and over again. Similar cards you're going to see over and over again. Um, another extremely popular way to play Magic is Booster Draft. Uh, booster Draft is you sit around a table with a bunch of other nerds, you open some Magic the Gathering booster packs... Uh, and you take a card, you pass it, you take a card, you pass it, and you build a little deck, and then you play against everybody else. And it's fucking really cool, uh, but it's expensive, right? Because you have to show up, pay for all the packs, pay to enter the tournament. So what if, what if you could just, what if you could just play Booster Draft all the time without paying <laughs> for it more? Uh, and that's Cube, baby. Cube is a box of cards. Uh, usually like 360 cards, sometimes less, sometimes more, um, that you put into a bunch of piles, make your own fake little booster packs, pass them around the table with your friends, build decks, and play them against each other. And it's fucking sick. It's so fucking cool, man. It, it mitigates all of these issues, right? Because, like, 
if there is a certain aspect of the game that you don't enjoy, if there is a certain play pattern that you think is kind of toxic, if there's a certain card that your friends all think is bullshit, you don't have to put that shit in the cube. Nobody has to play it. <laughs> you just get to do whatever you want. Um, and so, yeah, the, building your own cube is like having your own little analog roguelike deck builder, right? It's like I'm getting yeah. to design my own Slay the Spire that I get to take to my homie's house. Um, yeah, it, it feels exactly like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it is li like all of games like Slay the Spire and Dicey Dungeons and, and Inscription and all that stuff are like would not exist without Booster Draft. Um, and, and Cube is just a way to engage with Booster Draft as much as possible and to get creative with Booster Draft. Like the, the thing that's really fucking cool about Cube is that not only do you get to, you know, uh, have this extremely repeatable play experience in a box, like this, you get to create a game to play with your friends, um, but it also gets to include all the things that you like about magic, or it can focus on a really specific theme, or it can focus on, I, I have been working on a cube in my spare time that just has a, that has a bunch of art with cute pets on it. <laughs> like you can, you can do whatever the, the fuck you want. The, the, the theme of the cube doesn't have to be based around any specific competitive idea. It can just be an aesthetic idea. It can just be like, Hey, I made a cube and it's all blue. Cause fuck you. Yeah. Like, it's crazy stuff like that. My, my favorite part about it is how it is how like low stakes it mm -hmm. is. Uh, when you play draft, because if if you construct a deck during the draft that fucking sucks, then it's like, well, fuck it. The, 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 I'll I'll construct it differently during the next cube. And you mm -hmm. you didn't spend, you didn't waste a bunch of money constructing a deck that fell out of the meta. Yeah, you know. Yeah, totally. It 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 is it is this like. It, you know, it's this like glass box, right? It's this sealed sort of uh, environment where like you know, you can take this cube off the shelf and play it in 20 years and it'll still be fun. Mm -hmm. uh, be, yeah, and, totally. and the new overpowered cards they printed that ruined your favorite format don't have to be in there. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I'm going to talk about the $5 Fair Enough cube. And I will spend the next uh, 10 minutes probably explaining why it's called the $5 Fair Enough cube. Um, so this is, uh, this is the first cube that I designed. Um, it is like kind of my main cube. It has 360 cards in it. I have a fancy box for it and stuff. It's all sleeved up and nice matte black sleeves. It's kind of, this is my, this is my, this is my favorite child. Um, <laughs> uh, cause it's the one that I've had the longest. And, um, uh, and it is called the $5 fair enough cube. So the $5 part, uh, <laughs> yeah, is it's not, it, the cube is not literally $5. Uh, it's probably at this point closer to like $200, but I spent that over the course of an entire year. Um, the $5 part is, uh, I don't, I don't spend more than $5 on a card for this cube. Um, if, if, and if, if I look up a card that sounds cool and I'm excited to put it in and that bitch is $6, I'm not fucking paying for that. That's a piece of cardboard, bro. Fuck these people. <laughs> All right. If, 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 and if, if a card is too expensive, I will make a fake one and put it in one of my cubes that has fake cards in it. Cause fuck these hoes. Yeah. The, the, the thing that people don't understand is you can just put, you can just put a basic land in a card sleeve with a post-it note on it. Yeah. And, and, and that card suddenly became a rare card. I have, I have, uh, uh one of my other cubes, uh, needed like, 20 copies of a card that's like ten dollars that would have been like two hundred dollars just to, just to play the fucking game you know what's cheaper than that sharpie yeah yeah buddy <laughs> oh man um so let's talk about why is what 
What is fair magic? Let's talk about fair magic. Um, so, as I've said, magic is a game that's been around for a very long time, and when you create the same game for 30 years, you're gonna fuck up a lot. <laughs> you're gonna put in some <laughs> stuff that's a little fucked up, right? Um, there, there will be ways to combine certain cards that can end the game on turn one sometimes. There will be ways to stop your opponent from playing something on the first turn. There will be ways to uh, remove every card in your opponent's deck from the game and then <laughs> kill them that way. There's, um, the, there's simply variables that can't reasonably be accounted for because the game has been around for so long. Yeah. Like and, combinations that you <laughs> that you can't possibly account for. Mm -hmm. And 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 that stuff is its own sort of incredibly interesting ecosystem where like these uh, long-standing competitive formats that have you know cards from the past thirty years or cubes that include a lot of really powerful cards you know they have their own sort of meta game of like I'm gonna do this insanely broken shit you're gonna do your insanely broken shit and we're gonna see who comes out on top. Sure. Um, and, and there is a lot of depth and a lot of strategy there. Like I, I, I don't want to, something that I want to make clear is that the concept of something being unfair magic, uh, is not a pejorative. It's simply a description of the type of magic you're playing. If you're playing fair magic, um, that means you're putting creatures on the board and attacking with them. You know, the magic is a game where you can have dudes and, uh, attack people with them and your opponent can play dudes to block with them when you get to a certain level of power a lot of the time attacking and blocking with dudes is fucking irrelevant <laughs> because <laughs> people are uh casting 20 spells per turn and uh filling their graveyard up with bullshit and then putting their graveyard in their hand doing all this fucking ridiculous fucking menace to society shit um well, it's like an anime power creep where suddenly yeah. the fact that they can punch and kick is irrelevant because they're because they're becoming god yeah um and and if you're somebody that sort of enjoys the attacking and blocking the i'm going to look at this board state that has a sort of complexity to it okay they've got two guys i have one guy my guy has this much power they have this much power what is the correct attacks for me to make here etc those sort of like uh marginal combat decisions and stuff like that can kind of get lost in the more uh high power cubes um and so this uh this cube the five dollar fair enough cube uh is is a fair magic cube it's it's attacking and blocking it's playing your guys there's no ways to uh infinitely combo out and win the game on turn two stuff like that and there's nothing wrong with infinitely comboing out and ending the game on turn two um but my sort of design goal with this cube was like, I want to make a cube that I can teach people to play Magic the Gathering with. Um, and so I wanted to keep the requirement of having to know a lot of like, this card is really good with this card and lets you win the game immediately. I, I kind of wanted to keep that stuff out and keep it more focused on like, here's this very simple card that does this one simple thing. And we're going to learn how to combine those different things in different ways. Um, and that, that design goal sort of grew into like, I want a really, I want this to be like a board game. I want you, I want this thing to be clean. I don't, I want, I don't want any cards in there that have old fucked up, uh, rules text on them. That's confusing. I don't want cards in there that, uh, have like a keyword on them. That's not explained or anything. I want it to all be kind of like the, the kind of baseline. Here's how magic the gathering works. Um, so that I could get people into magic mm -hmm. um 
And that's been working pretty well, and I'm pretty pleased with it. Um, I, th I started this cube with, um, with the Card Kingdom starter cube. Um, Card Kingdom, uh, they're like, they're, you know, they're an online retailer for, for uh, Magic cards and, and other trading card games. And they will occasionally put together a quote-unquote starter cube um, where it's just like, here's a box of 360 cards. They're all a bunch of bulk shitty cards that nobody wanted and we put them in a box. I don't recommend buying this unless you're like me and your favorite thing to do is take something shitty and make it better. Like, I'm not very good at, like, conceptualizing from the start. I'm not very good at, like, here's my awesome, super cool idea that I'm going to see all the way through. But I am very good at, like, I'm going to take this thing that's kind of garbo and I'm going to, like, slowly work it up. So I, I took this list, this box of, like, garbo cards and just kept playing it kept tuning it kept taking out stuff that i thought was confusing or didn't make sense t kept taking out stuff that i thought sucked um and tuning it from there and like if 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 you are that type of creative person i think like taking somebody else's cube list and building on it is a great way to get started um and uh yeah i phew, is there anything that, else i want to say about it? that's that's kind of that's what makes you like a good tournament organizer first of all but also it's what makes you a good like like executive producer type of person on like <laughs> like like there have been times where like yeah I, I present you with a song that i've done and you'll be like you should cut out you should cut out this 12 seconds and then and then i do it and i'm like oh my god you saved the song it's, i it's the type of thing yeah like recently you suggested hey we should double that chorus and then i doubled it and then you're like yeah now we can't picture it without that chorus being double and it's such a small thing but it was just like yeah you 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 took the thing that could have been better and you made it better with like an idea yeah that that is the thing that i really love to do that's why i like yeah. editing you know, um, I, 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 I never, I'm like, I'm never going to be the person who writes a novel from scratch and, and it's, and it's like a good, interesting novel, but if you give me your novel, I will make it better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, 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 if you, if you are open to constructive feedback, <laughs> you're the type of person who will always have constructive I, feedback. I am your bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, um, the absolute pinnacle of this cube was when I took it to a, a folk punk festival, um hell yeah we were like we were like it was like this uh you know scrappy little indie show set in like a uh like old uh mechanic shop in like a garage um and we like were kind of joking about it would be funny if we played some magic here at the show um on day one and then it became not a joke by day two and i brought the cube and we ended up sitting in the parking lot with like seven other punks just like <laughs> drafting fucking cube <laughs> on the ground it was awesome i had to buy new sleeves because they got so fucking gross after that and i would do it again <laughs> in a heartbeat it was so fun and like people got it everybody like people who were like not yeah. super who had never done draft before who had only ever played kitchen table and stuff like they got in there and they understood the cards and they had a great time and i was like that that was it man that was the design goal and that that was like the best uh that was the best way to test it. Um, yeah, it's been super awesome playing that with my friends this year. Um, I, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop rambling about it now, so you can talk about uh, another video game. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and um, I, I'd love to hear you talk about Cube again. I wonder if we'll get the <laughs> chance. Um, I wonder. <laughs> um, so this year, I played. Uh, I played a game. It's a. Uh, it's kind of an isometric top-down um, adventure game inspired by Zelda, and it was called Tunic. 
and you play as a little fox guy who looks a lot like Link, and he's got a similar moveset to Link. And it was a really incredible, very, like, meta um, story, and and it has just the right amount of mechanical complexity. Um, And, you know, I played it, and... It it left a lasting impression on me, and that impression was, damn, Link to the Past is really fucking good, isn't it? I should go play Link to the Past again. So I'm going to talk about Link to the Past. <laughs> Please do. I don't even like that game, so I would love to hear from someone who likes that game. The thing is, sometimes the progenitor of a series is actually the best one of those. <laughs> and, like... When it comes to when it comes to Metroidvanias, it, I it's Metroidvanias are one of these things where it's not like that. Where like Super Metroid, it's one of the great ones, but like Hollow Knight's better. Um, <laughs> but when I played Tunic, I was like, Tunic is great, but like as far as things that are explicitly trying to rip off Link to the Past, I think I'd rather go back and play Link to the Past. And then I did, and the way that I played it was uh on the super boy now the super boy super boy uh, <laughs> oh shit it's the super boy <laughs> super super boy is when super boy is when you're trans mask and you go really fucking hard into it <laughs> no um <laughs> uh super boy is a it's a handheld uh super nintendo so it only plays super nintendo cartridges like you 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 need the fucking you need the piece of plastic from 1991 in order to play the game it doesn't emulate it's just the hardware of a super nintendo inside the shell of of a different thing with a little screen on it and this thing is cool because it even has like controller ports for if you would rather just like sit the Superboy on your desk and play with a real snes controller you can just use it like an actual snes and you can also hook it up to a crt uh and use it like an actual snes that way but i wanted to just i wanted to just have the full like hey i'm playing this instead of a switch experience so that's what i did i just i just sit, sat on my couch and played handheld handheld link the past and i feel like at least like every two or three months this year you would dm me and you were like so i'm buying this uh fucked up evil monstrosity that somebody created out of nintendo <laughs> consoles from some guy on ebay yeah <laughs> it was a real it was it was real fuck nintendo hours this year for, yeah. yeah and this was this was before the the real fuck nintendo shit started happening at the listen, end listen bro, bro we've been fucked nintendo for way longer than any of these hoes all right yeah for yeah for for anyone in the pm gang who's been here you already know you already know <laughs> um but yeah so i was i was i was playing this this fucking handheld thing um and i and i know what you're thinking you're thinking hey isn't there a fucking game boy advance port of this game isn't this game just on switch online and the answer is yes but but do you have to blow on the switch cartridge to get it to work i think not do you get the visceral satisfaction <laughs> of jamming in that fucking thing in there Whipping that crazy thing around and jamming it in that big slot. uh, Those cartridges are fuck off huge. You gotta gotta throw it in there, and then it's not gonna boot, and then you have to, like, pull it out just... You have to pull it out one millimeter for for the connections to actually be connecting correctly. Turn on the power button really slowly and praying the whole time. And and that's, that's that's what makes this 
this Superboy is so interesting and cool to me is it's just a fucking it's a fucking CRT in there. Like, I mean, not 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 literally, but I mean, like, if you, if you turn it, it feels it feels exactly like the the Super Nintendo experience. If you turn it on and it's not connected right the screen is just fucking black like it's just it's just like it's just static like like it's an old tv and it's, i love that you're like yeah so this was really interesting because it kind of sucked uh yeah well, in a way that was nostalgic yeah what people need to understand is sometimes things that are bad are better um and so fucking true girl it's, you, listen you talk you talked about the dreamcast last year mm-hmm. and the dreamcast fucking sucks it and sure does the i love reason, that thing the reason why it's so good is because of how much it sucks because like yeah you could just play a gamecube version of crazy taxi but why would you do that when you could play a shittier version on a weirder console <laughs> the memory card's yeah. a little game boy <laughs> listen the girlies who get it get it i'm sorry um and you know, uh, Link to the Past is a good game. <laughs> All I gotta say about Link to the Past is just the, the those dungeons are fucked up. Like, like the there's nothing. There has been nothing since, uh, even including some of the weird fucked up shit in like, I don't know, like Majora's Mask has some weird dungeons that require a lot of like, a lot of like like three dimensional thinking to figure out the puzzles. There's nothing like the the ice temple or like fucking like thieves hideout. These these dungeons that have like seven seven vertical levels and there and on any given level there's like there's like four different ways to descend or ascend from those levels like you could fall into a hole. You could make your own hole with a bomb here. You could fall into a pot from one level above that takes you into a secret room that's full of fairies. And like, if you didn't discover that room, fuck you. You're I gonna love die. Going and... to secret rooms full of fairies. <laughs> they they got a few of those in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, girl. <laughs> uh, but it's just you know, there, there's certainly an argument to be made that like that design is <laughs> off-putting to a lot of people, and maybe it's a you know, it's a better, it's a, a better version of Zelda exists without so much of that but you know the art the lost art of how the fuck would anyone have figured this out on their own uh is something that i will i will appreciate the merits of because i'm pretentious and you know it's there's just there's no dungeons like that anymore and i just just give me one i want tears of the kingdom to have one fucking dungeon like that if you even gave me one i would be so happy just something that something that has more than one like solution mm-hmm. like to it and and is somewhat like non-linear in terms of how you can complete a dungeon like that um something like that would be fucking that would be fucking fire um the the, the game is good i'm not, I'm not gonna you you've probably played it uh, and you probably already have an opinion about it if you've heard this. It's not really something I have to recommend to you, like as if you haven't seen like a fucking Ego Raptor video about it, because <laughs> we all have. But you know, the, it's a good game. I like the I like the look of that game a lot. I think that I think the the Super Nintendo was when video games started uh, like being uh, visually artistically interesting <laughs> in a lot of ways, like yeah. that era. 
Um, it, it allowed it allowed for it was still it was still restrictive enough that you had to be creative, but yeah. it was expanded enough that you could be expressive in a way that like the the NES couldn't really be. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So so did you have did you have another video game you wanted to talk about? No. <laughs> <laughs> so in Magic the Gathering, yeah. um, the. Uh, so the game's a computer, right? Um, uh, like, yeah, I, I follow you. Yes, magic. Magic is a game where if you read a card and it says "if" on it, or it says "when" on it, those are different things. If it says "as," those are different things. The rules declare that those are different things. Every single word has one specific meaning, and it means that thing every time. Um, and uh, cards are full of qualifiers, little things like it can't be this type of card. It has to be this type of card, etc. Um, so I'm going to talk about the Reject the Draft Chap cube, which is a cube that I put together, uh, sort of inspired by like, I had seen a lot of people doing like sticker cubes. Um, the idea being like, you let people draft cards and then you give them little stickers with, uh, like, different bits of rules text on them or different uh, stats on them and stuff. And then you let people put stickers on the cards and let them change what the cards do. And so I'd seen a few things like this. I had seen cubes where people had taken a bunch of bad cards and removed bits of the rule text to make the cards better and then put those together uh, in a cube. And so I kind of wanted to combine those concepts, the sort of, like, legacy game stickers idea and the redaction idea uh mm. with a cube where people get to draw all over the cards <laughs> um hell yeah and so yeah this is a this is like a little mini cube that can be played with up to four people um and you draft your cards and then you get to uh reveal one and pull a sharpie out and tell your friends hey i'm gonna make the card do this now instead um, and the idea is you're not writing text on any of these cards. All you're doing is just removing little bits of text and combining bits of text to just read uh, without the redacted text and creating new rules text for the cards. Um, oh, it's that's ex- crazy. It's fucking wild. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it took a lot of uh, refinement to make it like a little more playable. Um The first time, like, the first few times that we played it, there were several moments where someone was like, uh, I played this card on turn one, and it locks the game down for the rest of the the match, and you just lose immediately. Or, like, I play this this card, and then next turn, um, I make, uh, nine copies of this card. (laughs) Yeah, I imagine that the, the, the early experimentation of this, like, made it so that there are certain rules that, like, maybe we can't edit this part. Maybe yeah, we can't. There, there, I, I, I have written I have written an extensive rules document for this cube because that's the type of thing that I like to do in my spare time is uh, write documents. Yes. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I have, I have had to make several loophole closing rules such as um, you're not allowed to search your library and then not shuffle it afterwards. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Can you fucking imagine? <laughs> So technically in Magic, uh, you're legally allowed to rearrange the cards however you want while sh- while searching your deck for a card, if a card lets oh you search for a card. So I had to put that in, otherwise you could just rearrange your deck however you wanted. Yeah, um, otherwise, yeah. Oh, okay, I, yeah, I have this card that allowed me to search my deck, and uh, since it didn't 
disallow specifically the fact that I can put these cards at the top. I'm going to win in two turns now. (laughs) Um, There was a lot of stuff where it's like, I basically had to get rid of any card that had the phrase until end of turn on it. (laughs) Because once that was removed, it created a lot of uh, rules questions, shall we say, that were a bit ambiguous. Yeah, because because end of turn end of turn could be a long ways away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the the early metagame after the sort of like explicitly broken things were kind of wormed out and taken out for being too good. Um, this cube has like a hall of fame of extremely fucked up cards <laughs> that have been removed from the cube. <laughs> uh, the dominant strategy for a while was get any card that gets as many little guys onto the field as possible as fast as possible, and then kill your opponent with them. And so. I, I sort of right. started tuning it towards, like, let's just kind of, every time a really dominant strategy emerges here, let's just take those cards out and see what new thing emerges. Um, <laughs> and so the way the, this cube currently plays is um, there is a series of uh, <laughs> there is a series of cards that essentially let you uh, get all of your resources out of your library on turn one. Um, sure. So, so like... Uh, Magic has a mana system. You know, you have land cards. Your land cards can give you more mana. This is what stops you from playing your really big, expensive cards on the first turn. Um, in in the redacted draft calf tube, this is not you, this is not a concern. <laughs> you have all of your you have all of your lands in play, like turn two, um, and it really. the beautiful thing that has emerged about it is it's like it's the world's most fucked up fair magic environment. Like you can't like. You can't just, like, combo out and win because there aren't... I haven't explained what draft chaff is, have I? Draft chaff... No, no, you haven't. (laughs) Draft chaff is basically bad magic cards. Um, One of the concepts for this cube is that I don't buy cards for this cube. It's all just, like, garbo stuff that I have in my box that gets thrown in here. And so there are not a lot of... um, there are not a lot of combo pieces here, per se. It's really no. more like, I'm going to play this guy on turn one that has, like, the stats of something you'd normally play on turn five. Um, and every time he attacks you, I'm going to draw three cards. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then your opponent is like, cool, uh, here's my uh, here's my spell that gets rid of your guy and also gives me six guys and draws seven cards. And so it's just kind of like constantly one-upping each other with drawing tons of cards, putting stupid shit into play. Um, and using your broken resource generation to do dumb stuff. Um, I have described it as like the Mario Party of Cube. It's not skill testing. <laughs> um, like most of the heuristics about how magic works are totally out the window. You're not worried about like, oh, well, I need a certain amount of this card. I need this, I need to make sure that I have a good balance of lands. I, I need to make sure that I can cast my spell. You're going to cast your spells, bro. It's fine. <laughs> you can do everything. But your it, opponent's also going to be casting some fucking spells. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that was my main question is like, is 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 the is the cube tuned in such a way where for the most part every deck that's built from it in in a in a circle is going to be pretty broken like all of them will will be broken i i don't know if we've ever done a full pot of four we've done it with like two or three people but yeah okay. pretty much because the thing is like at this point an important thing to clarify is that when you redact a card it stays in the pool so like the cube when it first oh, like started for, like for next time yes Oh, okay. So when we first started with it, it was like, okay, there's like three or four extremely broken options. 
And then for the rest of the time, we're just playing, like, really boring magic. <laughs> we're sure, just sure, playing, sure. like, like pile of garbage cards magic against each other and trying to eke out advantages until someone <laughs> randomly draws a card that just wins the game immediately. Um, so, so so it's gotten sillier as you've used yes. it. <laughs> yeah, the oh, longer okay. the more you play it, the 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 more ridiculous cards are added to the pool. For for a while we were doing like uh the first card that you pick uh from each pack is the one that you get to redact. So you would get to redact three cards over the course of the draft. Um but now I've had to change the rules so that it's just like at the end of the draft, just pick a card that you drafted and redact it. Because <laughs> the already redacted cards are so powerful that you can't not first pick them. Like you can't, you can't pass. Um, this is magic inside baseball, but you can't pass an evolving wild that doesn't sack and also uh, tutors untapped lands of any kind into play, uh, of which there are several copies of, the, of in the cube. Um, <laughs> several. <laughs> so what I realized. So, so that was the thing, right? Is that I realized at a certain point, it's like okay, like there can't just be one copy of this card that like lets you have all of your resources on turn run. So why doesn't everybody just get it? What if there's just 20 of them? You, and you it's know, more fair. <laughs> the, my main complaint when I'm playing Mario Party is always, man, I wish there was more stupid bullshit in this. <laughs> <laughs> there's frankly not enough opportunity. There's, there's not enough chance time, not enough Bowser squares. There should be more. Every time you play Mario Party, there should be more Bowser squares. <laughs> Yeah, this this is like <laughs> this is like yeah. this is like if you were playing Mario Party. It's like, oh, I actually get to modify the magic lamp for this game and all future games. <laughs> yeah, the, the skeleton key now also steals a star every time you use it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a lot of the stuff that had to get removed was like, oh, this just lets you pull whatever card you want out of your deck at any time and also gains you two life and also is a creature with five power and five toughness. Awesome. Awesome. Um, God. Yeah. Uh, I will, um, I will include, uh, a link to the rules for this cube. I do not have this cube, uh, on the cube database site that everyone uses cube Cobra, uh, because it changes too much and I would have to take like scans of the cards and it would be a huge pain in the ass. So I don't have that, but I do have, um, I do have a rules document if anyone wants to design their own uh, redact the draft calf yeah redact redact the draft chaff cube. Um, yeah, I will also include a link to the five dollar fair enough cube. Uh, if you if you're into magic, you should go on Cube Cobra and you should fucking bot draft my cubes and tell me what you think of them. That would be cool. Leave a comment on my Cube Cobra, the only social media that you can reach me on. <laughs> this is this is like when this is like in like 2011 when I decided the only social media I was going to use was Last FM comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at these days. Um yeah, yep. uh, Cube is like totally taken over my life. I have four cubes in paper. I have the 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 the, the budget cube. I have the redact the draft calf cube. I have a a mini artifact cube that I could also spend hours talking about, but Mark talked me out of it. <laughs> um, we, we were going to do that. We were going to do the, 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 the triple, the triple play. I, I was, I was, I was considering talking about magic three times on this podcast. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to learn about my artifact mini cube, I'll link that in the, in the description as well. But my, my, my cube Cobra summary will tell you about the design ethos. You don't need to hear from me here. Um, 
Yeah, I I was we, me and uh, Artie were working on a cube for a while that was made up entirely of cards generated from an AI. <laughs> there's a <laughs> there's a there's a site called Urza.ai that just has uh that will just randomly generate magic cards for you, and that cube is like. <laughs> kind of close to done but we would have to figure out ways to custom print all the cards and like get it all together and that's like the big hurdle but if i ever get that together it's going to be very very funny Um, how about about a cube that only uses drill magic (laughs) (laughs) follow drill magic no windsurds of the coast is the um yeah uh god i well i also have a copy of caleb gannon's powered synergy cube i'm sorry i could talk about this forever uh, this is this is the least unhealthy thing that's ever taken over your life, I think. Yeah, I would say so. Like, I will say I have spent a lot of ma- money on magic cards, but uh, it's like on my own terms, at least. I'm not gambling right. for them. And, and it's so much and it's so much less than than you would have spent if you were really into competitive um, uh, constructed as mm-hmm. well. Like, yeah, like those those people, you know. Uh, you, you got to figure they're spending like a thousand or more. A yeah, year on you 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 could you could uh, build my cube in paper uh, for less money than it would take to build like a competitive modern deck, yeah, um, like 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 something that's in the meta right now, which yeah. would cost more than your entire cube. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the, the cubes that's that cool. I own that that have cards in them that are more expensive than that, I proxy that shit. You, you proxy that ones. shit. Proxy every day everything fuck these hoes i mean i like having real cards it's nice they're cool but like I, if if it's if it costs too much money basically my rule is like if it would cost more to to buy this than to like print nice proxies then fuck them yeah they, they suck they, my dick yeah if it's going in a sleeve anyway who yeah. fucking who cares fucking cares all right yeah. Cool. All right. I'm. I am finished talking about Magic: The Gathering. You can. Um, <laughs> no. No. No cap. It's actually done. You can finish pressing skip forward fifteen seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, I I do have another uh, video game to talk about. Um, this is a big one. Um, li- like we were saying, it's been a banner year for Nintendo. Um. <laughs> So uh, what I did was I played um, an open-world Pokemon game. Now, can you believe that that's a thing these days? Crazy what they'll come up with. (laughs) Yeah, so I played, yeah, you might even call it the first uh, open-world Pokemon game. That's right. I played Pokemon Crystal Clear, a (laughs) mod of Pokemon Crystal for the Game Boy Color. Now, this began development before nintendo even had a twinkle in their eye of making fucking legends arceus which i think you ranted about last year so we don't have to yeah that game came out this year bro they put out two of those fucking games this year yeah i already talked about it on the on mario the mario thing mario bonus episode i think if you want to hear me talk about legends arceus listen to one of the four podcasts we released this year i've talked about it on one of them you, it's you a bad game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so so you know, while everyone was looking at early footage of Scarlet and Violet and saying, damn, this sure looks terrible. Um <laughs> that was the era in which I discovered Crystal Clear from a YouTube video. Basically, what it is is it's a mod of Pokemon Crystal that does a couple of things. Uh it makes the game truly open world, meaning there's no progression between towns or regions that is that is locked to HM use. 
Um, HMs still exist, but HN, HMs are now used to uh, f- strictly for exploration. That is, and that is like discovering like new secret patches of grass, complete new secret areas, um, new buildings with weird sets of trainers. All that stuff is optional. Um, so you still will want to collect the HMs. Um, and, and each HM is located in a specific place, um, usually in the same place as they would be in either Kanto or Johto. It borrows a lot from red and blue, uh, as well. Um, it, 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 on that note, it greatly expands the Kanto region and it gives you the full red and blue Kanto region, not the, 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 the somewhat redacted version that you get in Gen 2. They put a lot on that cartridge, man. It's amazing that shit was even in there. I, it's wild. I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, to be clear, I'm not playing this on a real like Game Boy Color card. I mean, if the the when you when you plug it into your when you plug it into your Game Boy Advance SP, it does recognize it as a Game Boy Color cartridge, and it just plays that shit. But it's you know there is some expanded memory in there. Um, so yeah, open world. Um, there's like 21 different starters. Uh, you can it's all all um all uh, six of the starters that had existed up till that point meaning the gen 1 and the gen 2 starters as well as being able to start with pikachu or with eevee and there's some you can start with uh like fucking like like hard mode is it makes you start with like hitmontop uh hell yeah there's like a or or like um i think you could start with like dunsparce or something i don't know remember if that's gen 2 or not but needless to say there are some like hard mode starters mark Um, is correct dunsparce is a gen 2 pokemon please continue Damn, I I I I swore I was gonna get that. I, I, Gen two and Gen three are the same to me. They mm-hmm. they they those Pokemon are interchangeable. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um, you can start at any town. Any of the sixteen towns can be your hometown. You just fucking choose on the map. Hey, where do you want to start? Um, and so you choose your starter. You choose your starting town. Um, the world levels with you. Um, in kind of a Skyrim type of way. Uh, where the the trainer the trainer's Pokemon levels will be somewhere around your badge level, and just just as well the badge uh, the 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 gyms rather will will uh, there's there's 16 different teams for each gym, and and the team that you get for that gym depends on how many badges you have so far. There's a so, mind-bogglingly mind-boggling that, amount of work for a like modding team to do like god. Yeah, it it really is like and once you like beat the game, you can go to any gym and challenge any of the 16 teams. So you can just Oh, that's so cool. Dude, the replay value, you can just like go back to an early area and get a bunch of level 5 pokemon and then say, "I wonder what it would be like to fight like Giovanni's team giovanni's gym one team with my level fives and you know he's got like he doesn't have a ride on he's got a rye horn and it's only level 12 and uh and so on and so forth it's it is a massive fucking project and like you should you should, if you like pokemon you should fucking play it like it's the it is it's the best pokemon game ever it's so good that like I don't think I'll ever play like regular Gen Two again. There's, it really is good enough to fully replace it. Because if you just want the pure Gen Two experience, um, minus some you know obvious like worldwide changes, you can just play it in order, and it's just a better version of Gen Two. Um, 
Is this also the game where you can uh, choose your pronouns separate from your yeah. appearance and you can <laughs> exactly. just be like an extremely butched uh, she, her? Yeah, I, I was just about to say like the game allows you to be a boy dyke from the from the first second. An important can, feature for every game. You can be you can be a boy dyke whose starter is an espion. The, the, not <laughs> not since not since Pokemon Coliseum have you been <laughs> able to do such a thing. <laughs> the the it's fucking rad man like like fuck nintendo fuck <laughs> fuck scarlet and violet i haven't encountered a single bug in pokemon crystal clear and if you do encounter a bug you can get on discord and say hey there's a bug here and they'll fix that shit for you <laughs> i god i i am not dude like Legend, the Legends Arceus was like a turning point for me with my relationship with Pokemon. Right. <laughs> I was like, everybody said that game was good, bro. And that game fucking blows. And, and I'm not spending $60 on another one of those fucking games. I don't care how many people are like, no, trust me, bro. You get past the fact that the game runs like dog shit and it looks terrible. And it's actually the best Pokemon game. I don't fucking trust like that anymore. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you hearing that other people are swearing up and down that the new Pokemon is good is you're you're the guy from Memento being like, don't believe his lies. <laughs> yeah. You have you have writing all across your body about specific reasons why Legends Arceus was terrible, and you have to wake up and look at yourself in the mirror every morning. <laughs> I have to remind myself how fucking bad that game was. You just it's... there's nothing to fucking do. <laughs> the caves are just like a fucking straight line, bro. You walk around, you pick up items, you catch Pokemon, that's it. There's nothing else to it. That's the whole fucking game. The story's dog shit. Oh my god, what what a terrible video game. Uh, you want to talk about a good open world game? Yeah, you know, the there's, there is a certain video game that these new Pokemon games are blatantly trying to rip off and doing poorly at. Um, have you played that game by chance? <laughs> Bro, okay, li- listen. I didn't, I didn't own Breath of the Wild uh <laughs> at any point before this year i just like lived with people who had a nintendo switch and would mm-hmm. play it every once in a while and i'm like yeah this game's pretty cool i i, I get it i get why people like it bro it's so different when it's yours yeah <laughs> it's so different it's so different when you really get to dig in there and you and you set out from the start and you're like i'm just gonna get all those fucking towers i'm just gonna climb up all those goddamn towers um yeah, listen, obviously no one needs to hear me ramble about how Breath of the Wild is a good game. I'm going to talk about a few things. Um, the climbing fucks, we all know this. The paragliding yeah. also fucks. The, like, the fact that they took the time to make the movement good in a Zelda game. I don't like Zelda games, by the way. I think they're all pretty bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> except for this one. I think this game slapped. Um, yeah, I, is Link's mobility being like a top three reason to play the game is wild because he has such terrible movement in every other 3D game. Yeah, that's never been. You used to have to roll around like a fucking dipshit to move faster. <laughs> I right. played through. I played through like fucking 50 hours of Twilight Princess going, huh, huh, huh. He just rolls over and over again. It's so fucking stupid. Um, I, I'm even an apologist for the weapon durability now. Yes, welcome. Fucking- Yes, no, I, at, at first I was like, this sucks, this is dumb, why does my, what is my cool sword break? But when you actually, like, play the game and you, like, go do shrines and get actually good weapons and, like, l- that, learn to, like, conserve your more powerful weapons for when you're just running around the field knocking moblins in the fucking head and doing 12 damage, 
um, and killing them instantly, uh, <laughs> you know, and then saving your cool fire sword for when you got to do one of those fucked up guardian fights. The, I mean... Perhaps there could have been ways to uh, force the player to use a variety of different weapons, but this c certainly was a a uh, a um, this certainly was a uh, uh, very direct and uh, effective way to do that, right? <laughs> yeah, it su it succeeds in what it sets out to do. Uh, maybe not to everyone's like uh, preference, but it does the thing. If you just play, like, I don't know, I just played it more and I'm like, I don't know, if you just play the game, you always have swords. I'm, like, at the point yeah. where I, ha I usually have more swords than I need. Like, exactly. It, it's not it's not a big deal. Um, I don't know, the thing that really strikes me about this game that um, I think sets it apart from many other video games is the way that this is, like, an open world game that has cinematography. Like, like yeah. when you're on the Great Plateau for the first time and you see that, like, cool circular arch and then there's, like, a shrine framed within the arch from, like, whatever direction you look at it, you're like, fuck, man, somebody directed this game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. This game yeah. has shots in it, you know? Like, it, the, I, I don't know how the fuck they do it. it the, it's the yeah, way right. that they have, like, designed the architecture in such a way that, like, everything is always well composed. I don't know how the fuck they pulled it off, but it's it's it's... It's brilliant. It's one of the it, coolest things about the game. In an open world game, there's it's there's crazy. there's an essentially infinite amount of points from which you could be looking at that thing, and every one of those points is like beautiful and worthy of a screenshot. Yeah, the the visual language of the game, I think, is one of the strongest things about it. Like the fact that it is designed entirely around like, you know, it's funny. Like when when Nintendo was showing this game off originally, and they did the like, you see that mountain over there. You can climb that thing. And that was like such a cliche to hear for previews yeah. of an open world game. And everybody was clowning on them because like that's what fucking Skyrim said like six years beforehand. Um, but like, bro, you can go to that mountain and climb it. And the climbing is good. <laughs> and there will be interesting things to find at the top. That's the part that matters. Yeah. Yeah, it, right. Exactly. The, the fact that the journey to that mountain when you're headed over there will you you'll get lost in 15 different other things uh and all of them will be worth checking out and then when you finally get there you finally get to that tower that you saw from all the way fuck across the map you feel like you were on a journey like you like like it doesn't feel like a journey when you <laughs> when you go oh i gotta get to high hrothgar in skyrim <laughs> yeah. like you you get you get to the base of the mountain and there's a sign and you follow the sign and you follow the little the, the little thing on your map and there's like a bear and you kill the bear and you're there <laughs> zelda's not like that man yeah it, playing this game made me more angry about legends arceus yeah because it's so much better in every way it makes me want to puke like yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. At what point in Legends Arceus did you see a thing in the distance and go there, and it was a worth seeing, and b there was anything interesting on the way? Yeah, for Never. real. Like the traversal is so fucked in Legends Arceus. Like it's just like it's like they were they designed the world w under the assumption that you had Breath of the Wild climbing powers, but you don't. You just have Skyrim horsing. God uh. damn. Yeah, but one thing that Breath of the Wild is so interesting for is the fact that it's like the, these these devs played Skyrim. Like they've not only is it obvious uh, that they were just like let's do Skyrim but better, but like they have like said like we played a lot of Skyrim and and, and you look at 
you know that they were like you know that fucking Aonuma or whoever <laughs> was was skyrimming his way up a mountain with a horse and then said what if we made this an intentional mechanic <laughs> yeah and that's how the climbing works you you find natural footholds in the rock to like regain your stamina or you fucking or there's you know there's an abandoned cabin at the foot of this sheer cliff face and the abandoned cabin has a a cooking area so you can just cook yourself up some stamina regeneration potions and like and you can put on your fucking winter coat because you know that it gets colder as the altitude changes and then you fucking set off on that climb and it feels perilous and like yeah, it feels the, like there's stakes the the immersive sim stuff really adds to it the fact yeah. that you can uh shoot any animal with a bow and arrow and get a fucking steak out of it the the fact that you can like uh shoot him with a fire arrow and get a cooked steak out of it yeah oh, man. man the the the, proce the procedural stuff is so well thought out it's great i love all of it except the rain okay I have a brief aside rant about the rain in Breath of the Wild. Who fucking thought that was a good idea? Who was like, okay, we've got this game. It's based entirely around climbing big rocks. That's the main way of getting around in the video game. What should happen when it rains? What if you just can't do the main thing the game is about? Ah, oh, fuck, gang. It's raining out. I can't play Breath of the Wild today. I hate it. It's so stupid. No, it's so stupid. You, 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 you don't get it. You don't get it. The rain is good. No, it's not. Because <laughs> no, when it rains, because when it rains, you think to yourself, okay, now it's time to go microwave some pizza. And then you get up, you Bro, make yourself a like, snack. I, multiple times recently, I've been like, all right, well, I'm going to just like part link in a corner and go yeah. do something else for a bit until the rain stops and I can climb up the walls on this big cool maze I found. It's it's a it's it's the game's less intrusive version of a link between worlds when the fucking the save statue goes, You've been playing for a while. Wanna <laughs> take a break and go outside? <laughs> God. Yeah, I don't know, man. Every every finding new things around every corner in that game, even if it's just like a little Korok seed puzzle. Maybe you've even seen this kind of puzzle before, but they put something there. And like, just I don't know that that Pokemon game did not have any of that, and it made me very sad. Um, I have not played a single fucking story mission in this game. I heard they're bad. Um, <laughs> the um, yeah, the what counts as dungeons in this game, the the divine beasts, they're mm -hmm. worth they're worth seeing one time. Um, but they are by no means even in the top ten list of things that are, that you really want to get through in this game. I I, 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 every time a character, like, whenever the voice acting comes in, I'm like, I'm, I'm tuned now, bro. I don't give a shit. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't care. I, I, I respect the fact that the story is like that. And, mm -hmm. and by that, by like that, I mean completely skippable if you want. Um, <laughs> but I also respect that in order to get the full story, you have to explore. Like, those memories are the way you find those memories is, is like weird and cool and esoteric. And you have to, like, look at photographs that, and and you have to have explored enough to know where that photograph is pointing you to and only then do you get the cutscene. so it's like an interesting excuse to go explore the rest of the world but then once you get that cutscene, it's a fucking collectible just skip through it <laughs> yeah i mean god the the exploring the world is the story to me like I, going yes when you go up on that big hill and you find that like abandoned workshop with a sad robot in it and then you read some dude's diary and he's like yeah i made this sad robot and it really made my wife sad <laughs> anyway we're both dead now it's great it's great yeah. stuff that's yeah i i can only hope that in uh 
Tears of the Kingdom, the fucking direct sequel to Breath of the Wild that's coming out. I can only hope they fucking tripled down on the stuff that worked and they ditched the couple of things that, you know, didn't work. Mm-hmm. And 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 man, that that <laughs> that's going to be the forever game. You'll never need another game. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I um I, I my 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 overall opinion is that I hate a I hate a Breath of the Wild is overrated bitch. Shut up. Yeah. No, it's Shut, not. Fuck Game you. rules. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, you're too cool to like Breath of the Wild. Oh, fine. I guess. Oh, you you only spent a hundred hours playing it, and you didn't, and and you, then you thought the story missions were bad. I'm sorry that those hundred hours weren't good enough for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I'm that, yeah, right. I'm sorry that this entire procedural clockwork world that they built for you that has like. <laughs> fucking physics and uh, weather that you can see bro you can stand on top of a mountain in this game and see a whole storm cloud in the distance over a field what fuck you shut up game's great yeah and that storm cloud like is actually storming over there right yeah that's that is that's unreal and they did it they did it on the fucking wii u they did it on the wii they did it on a on a on a a processor from fucking 2011 dude (laughs) How the Ugh. fuck? How the it, it's, yeah. yeah. What a game! What a game! Um, yeah. uh, albums. That's, I like that's that video new games. Smino. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I like I, I like that new SZA. Yeah. Um. That that song with old, old Dirty Bastard on the new SZA album that just came out is fucking crazy. It's so I, good. All the hip hop songs are. Oh my god, they're so good. I like didn't know he was alive. <laughs> and then he comes out with fucking bars. <laughs> oh man, the, that was uh, rad. Uh, that song with J Cole on that new Smino album. I've heard that song like a hundred times. I'm not even a J Cole fan, but he killed it on that one. It's so good. Um, uh, that new Gabby Start album was good. That was like probably the best hyper pop thing that came. I mean, I guess that the Gex EP happened. Yeah, I mean the. I guess yeah. If if you're not counting the Gex EP because it was so small, but even with it, even with it being so small, only three tracks, I would say that's probably the best you know hyper pop, sure. quote unquote project. But Hey Big Man is one of the best <laughs> songs they've done. I'm sad 757 was not on that on that EP, but presumably it will be on that album that's coming there, out in March. There is no chance that 757 or uh, One Million Dollars do not make it to the album. Yeah, fucking riot if we don't hear One Million Dollars. Yeah, yeah that the, Gabby Start album. The, uh, I yeah, mean, it's called Alex. <laughs> yeah, it's clutch. They, they, they called it Alex. Um, it didn't hit me as hard as as Luca did, but that's because Luca like like changed my brain chemistry in a way that allowed me to make hyper pop. So yeah. Luca's always gonna mean a lot to me. But fucking Luca was a br- blueprint for you. Al- Alex was a was a continuation of all those ideas and made them all weirder in exactly yeah. the type of way that you'd want from that project. Yeah, she got she got real weird on it. That song, um, Air Traffic Control Tower, it yes. sounds like some fuck it sounds like a fucking Tally Hall song or something. Like it's so goddamn weird. It, it's it sounds like some shit that uh oh my god, what's his what's his name? The the YouTube guy who makes uh, like animation. Jack Sauber. Um, no, not even the, the fucking, and the day goes on, goes on, goes oh, on. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Bill Wirtz. Yeah. There's some like Bill Wirtz shit in there. I swear. Yeah. It's, yeah. Which is, which is great. Um, that, that new breaking sound that just came out is it's, it's fantastic, but also, um, 
Mark and I have opinions about this album. <laughs> this could be a whole this could be a whole podcast, but <laughs> the, I I neither of us think that it's like the greatest hyperpop album of all time. The way that most of the community seems. Yeah, it seems like there's it. there's been a, a wildly enthusiastic response to that album, and I'm just like, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, I, I'm not. Yeah, it's the I Elden just... it's the Elden Ring of hyperpop <laughs> albums, which means <laughs> little too long, strong seven out of ten. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's a line on that album where he says, "Fighting for my will, like the ring is Elden," which so I nominate. Bad. I nominate for worst bar of 2022. <laughs> it's so funny that you were like, yeah, everyone's mad at Fantano for saying the bars are corny. And I listened to the album. I'm like, yeah, I mean, the bars are corny. Like, What, are the, what the fuck do they want? <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> where he says, I'd rather stay at home and finger fuck strings, please. <laughs> but anyway. Um, um, I really liked uh, Sharp Objects by Mark Drizzle. I thought that was a good album. People should yeah, listen that to was, that. Yeah, that was a strong, you know, um, I wouldn't necessarily say that Mark Drizzle had fully gone gone into their hyperpop phase yet. There's there's still a foot in they, they, they still had one foot in the in the emo pop punk uh, metalcore uh, mm-hmm. camp, um, but they were really gesturing at something powerful. Um, I think especially <laughs> I, I I think I think that we should all look. I think we should all be looking forward to um, uh, the the we should all be listening to the new single called Oranges. <laughs> Um, everyone should okay actually though like actually though like it's not even a joke oranges is a banger like like <laughs> yeah like like i like i made 70 percent of it but so i'm kind of biased but it's one of the best hyper pop songs i've ever heard <laughs> yeah I, um yeah i i i um listen i don't I don't, I don't, I don't recommend my friend's music. I think it, unless I think it's actually good. <laughs> so true. I, I rarely recommend. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, uh, people should listen to Mark Drizzle. It's like yeah. legit, like, okay, like no joke. Like, uh, uh, Mark has actually made incredible strides as an artist this year. It is like kind of low key, uh, on the come up as a, as a hyper pop artist. And it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's, I, 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 I'm, I am so happy that you are more famous than me finally that exactly yes that was always that was I, always the goal that, that, that was always the goal because because when i when i was like in my early 20s and weird i was jealous that you were like a a niche internet celebrity in smash and now i'm gonna and now no one knows who you are anymore and you love yes. that and i'm gonna become a niche hyper pop celebrity yes if you if you listen to this podcast, don't tell your friends about it. Uh, keep right. it to yourself. Yeah, don't, if 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 you know that Alex uh, is the other voice on Oranges in Verse Two, don't tell anyone else. That's that's a that's that's the deep lore. That's why that's why she's not credited. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I mean, uh, we, yeah, we don't need to get into it. But I, no, y'all y'all have probably come to understand that I have recently become very uncomfortable with public attention, and you're lucky to get this podcast at all. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're we're doing this for us. You, you, <laughs> yeah. You're welcome to listen because 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 it's 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 fun to laugh with us. And I, I just wanted I just wanted it. to talk about games with my best friend for an hour. Yes, absolutely. I I wanted to I wanted to hear you talk about Magic the Gathering because it because the our our brains are just linked in a very in a very special and neurodivergent way. And I just, I just, it, it just tickles my brain hearing you talk about that shit and the things that you're passionate about. So 
I don't know. Same time next year. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, listen. They're gonna put out that fucking Mario movie. We have unfinished business here. <laughs> listen, I don't give a fuck. Look, they're gonna put, look. We can't keep. There's no way to keep up with all the fucking bullshit that's happening at this point. They're gonna put out that fucking Gears of War thing. They're gonna put out the fucking Uncharted movie. Maybe it already came out. Who? No one cares. <laughs> the Uncharted no movie remembers. is like you could go stream it right now. I'm not going to. No one cares. But we all know. All of us who. All of you fucking people know. That the thing that we're really here for is uh, twisted abominations of the Nintendo brand. Yeah. That's what it's all really about on this show. So yeah. we will we will be talking about the Mario movie. We didn't do any update. I I'm not I'm not I've like seen bits and pieces of those trailers. We're not gonna we're not gonna fucking do more bonus episodes about it. When the movie comes out, we will watch it, and it's it it'll probably be great. But we're gonna hate it. We're going to think it's terrible. <laughs> I, you, you know, this, you know all, all, all I can say is, is Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny that people are like, he's not even doing a voice because he is doing a voice. It's just really bad. <laughs> it's, it's just bad. And, and it's, he's, he's, he's just not doing Martin. He's just not doing Martin A falsetto. Yeah. Or or a or a racist Italian accent. He's just. I mean, it probably is a little bit of a racist yeah, Italian he's doing, accent. He's, he's he's doing like an impression of your friend that has parents with thick Italian accents, you know. <laughs> but who but who went to school in America with other kids with American accents? Yeah, you know the guy who sounds mostly normal until he says pasta fagioli. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well. That's. That, that's that's, it. that's that's a year fuck nintendo um, fuck nintendo uh, um, play 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 hdr play project m yeah i actually <laughs> honestly like if i was going to talk about the video game that i played the most this year it's probably project m um, and, and and mine is melee i've been going to the melee local again yeah. I, I continue to be the one two warrior and i <laughs> and i will never improve uh because then I can't call myself the one-two warrior again. And also, I'm an adult and I have other things to do than play fucking Melee all the time. Yeah. This was the year that I decided that uh, competing at tournaments is actually, like, the least fun thing to do at tournaments. Yeah, the fun thing to do is get on commentary and, and get on commentary when Kadoran's playing and say, Johnny Co, can you do some for me? Can you hit a little chain grab for me? Yeah. Oh, fuck. That's anyway. going to do it for yeah. uh, Cartridge Cinema Club this year. Thanks for tuning in to uh, every every uh, uh, every exciting second here. On, all right, we gotta, I, I'm rambling. Yeah. We got to stop it. Peace. Peace. <laughs>